This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by Fraser Nelson and Kate Andrews. So we just had Prime Minister's questions and now the House will go into recess for the coronation. Keir Starmer used PMQs to accuse Rishi Sunak of killing the dream of home ownership for a generation. He had a few uh, pieces of evidence he put forward when he made his case, including the decision to scrap house building targets. He ultimately suggested his party would go further and faster and a Labour government could be trusted to build homes. Kate, do you think that is an impressive pitch? Well, look, Labour have a point on this. I'm not sure I would lay all the blame at Rishi Sunak's feet. This is a problem that we've seen over a decade of a Tory government, a total unwillingness to properly build homes and get more people on the housing ladder. Um, so I think it's a it's a strong argument. Whether or not Labour would really deliver that remains to be seen. I think there are a lot of NIMBYs in Labour's backyard as well as Tory backyards. But Labour are being quite clever here because by capitalising on building 300,000 homes a year, and look, I think that number is way too low given the limited number of building over several decades now. But the decision to capitalise on that figure is an important one because that, of course, was the Tory pledge and one that they have consistently failed to deliver. And my suspicion is that any leader that comes along and makes a meaningful, and makes a meaningful, realistic pitch to people at this point under the age of 40, 45, who says, like, we can genuinely get supply up and help get you on the, on the housing ladder, has a real chance in, in, in seeing success electorally because um, I think one of the unspoken public policies of the past 13 years now has been essentially to rinse the young and to make the lives of young people more difficult so that they don't have to upset older generations. This is true on the triple lock on pensions. This is certainly true when it comes to house building. And it's obviously unsustainable. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I think Kiyosama has made a pretty decent point here. Fraser, we've seen Labour uh, over the weekend trying to make a dividing line with the Tories on house building, but as Kate points out, there are NIMBYs in lots of places and lots of parties. The Liberal Democrats will often uh, weaponize planning when it comes to by-elections, local elections, yet many of their MPs will talk about the need to build homes. So do you think this is a, a cross-party problem when it comes to who's actually going to be able to get it done? Um, yes, it is. And I think we can see this e- even within the Conservative Party. We know that in abstract, Conservatives love talking about the need to build, supply-side reform, etc. And then we've got... A, uh, today, for example, there was a story about how Berkeley Homes is suing Michael Gove, who's blocked an attempt for them to build 165 homes in Kent. Michael Gove's um, complaint is that it is not, in his words, it, it, how the homes would harm the landscape and scenic beauty. That's shameful. Well, the thing is, there's rather a lot of Kent and lots of people wanting houses. Now, this is a great case study from the Conservatives, because in abstract, you you want more houses, but when it comes to the not-in-my-backyard mentality, it's still pretty strong. So we saw, I think, um, the the Tories going sort of gung-ho for this until they... Um, you know, started losing by-elections and they thought, hang on a minute, maybe we cannot afford to take on our own base in this way. So we end up in the same trap we've always been for um, for reasons that are now perfectly uh, visible, that there, the, it's too much of an electoral hit 
for the Conservatives. And meanwhile, we've got house prices, uh, they're going down slightly. I think they're now like 5.6 times average earnings as opposed to like 5.8 times at the peak. But what really matters, of course, is when you look at mortgage rates having risen a lot, then houses are now, that's to me the really important factor. You can talk about house prices, but if you're going to buy one of those houses and you're now having to pay like 4 or 5% mortgage rate, then your budget goes down. So when you look at that, then houses are now less affordable now than they've been for like 15 years. So we do need lots of houses, but for that, somebody needs to come and break the political impasse, which seems to be pretty strong in the Conservative Party. Now, on higher mortgage rates, that Prime Minister's questions, Kirstama also brought it up when he was making his case against the Tories. He said, does the Prime Minister know how many mortgage payers are paying higher rates since the Tory party crashed the economy last autumn? Now, we know that one of the things Labour wants to do is try and stop Rishi Sunak from presenting himself as a new, fresh leader, tie him to really um all the past Tory leaders of which there are several um in recent times but particularly Liz Truss Kate is that fair did Liz Truss actually crash the economy no she didn't crash the economy and um you know I that's a lot coming from me of course because I'm sure you weren't saying that at the time you uh, have a big argument about this I was about to say listeners to this podcast will remember the was Liz Truss right podcast in which I argued quite successfully she no. was not right and I stick to that but that doesn't mean that she crashed just, just before we press on after the was Liz Truss right podcast obviously Fraser you was perhaps not completely saying she was right but I think definitely saying she was more right than I Kate was I was defending her I'm very um, pleased Kate now agrees with you, me did you get many people getting in touch saying you were right Fraser yeah, was that, uh, no, like, was that was, the feedback, Fraser? It was almost as popular as my defense of Martin Rousen's cartoon. Um, On this, this week's week. coffee house. So I think I'm, I'm beating my own record for unpopular opinions. Um, I believe at the end of that podcast, Fraser said she was nine-tenths wrong about everything. Not that we're getting too specific here. but So I think coming from me, it is quite important to say that she did not crash the economy. We did not go into recession after Liz Truss was prime minister for 49 days. And interest um, rates... But and interest rates were headed up just as they were in the U.S. and across Europe. Did she make the situation substantially worse? Yes. Did she put us in an even trickier spot when it came to the public finances? Yes. It is unfair to say that Liz Truss and the Tory party is solely alone in dealing with higher interest rates. You know, in the U.S., we're, we're seeing them everywhere. It is, however, fair to say that the crazy amounts of public spending that took place during the pandemic, some of it, in my opinion, legitimate, some of it not, pumped a lot of cash into the economy. And we are now having to hike interest rates as a result. But again, I think this this gets into like far more nuanced, far more detailed argument. I suppose my biggest concern this week is that the Tory response to all these criticisms seems to be that they want to re-up the help to buy scheme which helps, in theory anyway, first-time homeowners get on the housing ladder by reducing the amount of deposit that they have to present and also being able to take out quite a substantial government loan at a lower interest rate. The problem with this, of course, is that it does nothing to address the supply side. And so you create even more demand for a very, very limited supply of homes. And actually, there have been studies, one from LSE that I mentioned on Coffee House earlier this week, that shows in areas like London, where there's a lot of demand, help to buy actually increase the cost of homes. The very hard truth about this is that there's no way to tackle the housing crisis without building a substantial number of new homes. And I'm not sure that the Tories or the Labour Party, certainly not the Lib Dems, are willing to talk about this. 
Now, Fraser, there's a bit of an internal debate in government about what the focus when it comes to housing should be ahead of the next election. Say it's a year, year and a half away. How much can they really do to fix the problem? So there, there are some who make the case that actually the government should be thinking a lot about renters and some quicker fixes in terms of improving conditions for renters. And also, I suppose, for first-time buyers, whereas if we talk about some of the supply issues Kate's talking about, how quickly can you do them? What do you think the focus should be? Well, the problem is that life's getting tougher for landlords right now. There's lots of rhetoric basically accusing them of being mean, etc., regulation cracking down on them. Now, you can therefore decide that few people want to be landlords. Now, the fewer landlords there are, then the fewer houses there are for rent, and the more rents or properties prices go up. Now, that is the conundrum for the government. The paradox is you need to make Britain a better place to be a landlord if you want to get more properties on on the rental market, and they're going in the opposite direction. Now, finally, uh, the other thing in the news today, other than Sue Gray, which we did dwell on yesterday, uh, which has caught the attention of the team, is a story in the Times regarding the Times Health Commission. Um, Now, this is uh, evidence given by George Osborne, the former Chancellor, suggesting a ban on cigarettes and a tax on orange juice. Kate, are you excited at the prospect? You don't smoke, so... Ugh, I don't smoke, but I really defend one's right to do so. It's obviously very bad for you, and it's fantastic that we have alternatives, and frankly that the UK has been quite progressive in its thinking on this. You have places like the States, which are trying to ban all aspects of e-cigarettes, which are really cracking down on advertisement. I'm delighted to be in the UK, where there's actually been like very open-minded thinking on the alternatives that are, you know, much, much better than smoking, um, and the fact that we are allowing those to be quite heavily promoted. But we do have the former Chancellor, George Osborne, uh, suggesting that um, now is the time to copy New Zealand and to do a proper crackdown on smoking, and also to extend something like the sugar tax, which he brought in, uh, which has never been effective anywhere in the world, including the UK, to other drinks like fruit drinks. I mean, this is just exhausting, Katie. (laughs) Lots of things are bad for us. It doesn't mean we go around telling consenting adults what they... doesn't mean we go around telling adults what they can and cannot do. Fundamentally, when it comes to something like an outright ban on essentially anything that's currently considered considered legal activity, you know, let's look at other areas where things are banned. Drugs, for example, might be an interesting area for the, the chancellor to look at. And let's see how much activity is still happening there. Pushing things into the black market, pushing things out of the law, often results in, in far worse circumstances. And I, I cannot believe we're even talking about banning something and bringing in the the New Zealand policy, which is essentially to create a two-tier society where people of a certain age can do something which is considered legal activity and people who were born later can't. Very, very strange to me. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Fraser. And thank you for listening. And while we have you here, we do have our event coming up. It's next week now. The time is nearly upon us. Um, that is our coronation post-local election special Coffee House Shots Live. Myself, Fraser Nelson, Camilla Tomini. So it'll be at the Emmanuel Centre from the 10th of May. And to purchase a ticket, just go to www.spectator.co.uk forward slash coronation.